independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Thrilled to be with you. Lots of stuff, as always, to talk about out there in the world. Uh, We will get to some of the uh, tragic things that have been happening over the last few days. First, though, I do want to talk about some political stories out there in the news. Uh, This is from the uh, GOP, from House Republicans, uh, from Kevin McCarthy specifically, is the audio I'm going to play here, talking about investigating Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Uh, I think this is really interesting because the Republicans have already been talking a lot about some of the investigations they're interested in doing. Uh, This is one of the ones that I think a lot of Americans would at least see some value in talking about because of how the border has been just an absolute mess for quite some time. Here's a little bit of that statement today. If Secretary Mayorkas does not resign, House Republicans will investigate every order, every action, and every failure will determine whether we can begin impeachment inquiry. Yeah, so it's interesting. This is something that I think will be a conversation in a few different uh, places, of course. I think there will probably be investigations into Dr. Anthony Fauci, even though he's stepping down and leaving political office. And I'm not necessarily saying that all of these investigations, all of these decisions will bear uh, fruit. Uh, but I do think there there seems to be some value, at least, to Republicans. And maybe this is just going to be status quo from now on in the world of, of politicians and, and politics, that when your side takes the, the House, takes the Senate, takes whatever, investigating a bunch of people on the other side becomes the norm as well. But this does seem to be a thing that we'll see more of. I do also want to play this uh, just in political news, things that I found interesting. Uh, the president, of course, extended... The amount of time that people will not have to pay a student loan now. Uh, he did say time and again, just a little while ago, that payments needed to be resumed. Of course, tried to forgive a lot of student loan debt, and that has not worked out. Uh, it's been challenged and prevented in courtrooms so far. Uh, I think that's something that will still be very much battled in courtrooms. So I don't think that fight is over. Uh, but here's a little bit from the president. Student loan payments pause is going to end. Uh-huh. It's going to end December 30. I'm extending to December 31st, and then it's 2022, end. and it's going to end at that time. It's time for the payments to resume. So now that uh, has been extended through June of next year, just so you know. Uh, the reason I find that interesting to play that audio and the fact that it's going viral today is a bunch of other stuff that's going viral about the president and times he used to lie very, very often in his political career in the past. Uh, some older footage, some older audio and news reports out there from when he was a senator. Uh, this one, probably the most significant for anyone that notices how often he gets stuff wrong. He exaggerates something about himself, about a family member's success somewhere in the world or somewhere in business or whatever it might be. He exaggerates all kinds. Of, he just makes stuff up fairly regularly throughout the majority of his life. Here is one of my favorite examples of that from Biden in the past. Now, hold on. This is going to play. Let's get this going right now. It's, it's giving me just a second, and we're going to get this audio to play, I promise. Uh, or not. Or I'm going to have a technical issue, and it's not. Well, um, so just so you know, if it doesn't actually fire for me, uh, this audio is of the the then-Senator Biden 
uh, talking about how he graduated college with three degrees, uh, all kinds of other significant successes he had as a student, and none of that wound up being true, uh, which is fairly hilarious to me for whatever reason, uh, is the idea that, you know what, I'm just going to make up all of my um, academic successes too, and people aren't going to care who's going to mind that sort of thing. All right, I think I'm going to get the audio to play uh, now, though. Let's try this out. Let's see if this works. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. Went back to law school and, in fact, ended up in the top half of my class. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only needed 123 credits. Biden now concedes he did not graduate in the top half of his law school class, that he does not have three degrees from college, and that he was not named outstanding political science student in college. Uh, there's nothing better than a, than a straight-faced burn like that. I don't think that news reporting does that uh, quite the same as it used to. But that, to me, is one of my favorite things that's going viral and out there in the world. And I think that calling what uh, Biden did in the world of the student loans a lie is a little extreme. Uh, I do think that he's now responding to a situation uh, where he tried to forgive student loan debt and failed. And so because of that failure, he now is going to extend the amount of time that people do not have to make payments on their student loans. I imagine because of democratic and, and political pressure to do something because young people and you saw this in the midterm elections overwhelmingly voted to the left. They overwhelmingly voted for Democrats, which is not new. Uh, people in that age group, say 18 to 29, very, very often uh, voted in all past elections uh, fairly consistently on the left to the Democratic side of the aisle. I think what's significant now is the amount of people that are showing up in those age groups, the amount of individuals who are, whether it's because of social media or whatever it might be, this specific issue with student loan debt forgiveness, choosing to go and vote Democratic. They are buying votes and they are successful at it. But I have to play this one more time. I love this audio so much in the way in which the news report right after is cut to say, yeah, he doesn't have any of those things. April, campaign appearance in New Hampshire. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my, in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. Went back to law school and, in fact, ended up in the top half of my class. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the Just end of my Just keep going, roll it. He's rolling. degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only 123 credits. Biden now concedes he did not graduate <laughs> in the top half of his law school class. I love he it. He does not have three degrees from no. college. Wow. And that he was not named outstanding political science student in college. I don't know if what at like what point you could just uh, steer even clearer into it with Biden. I know that people say that it might be a mental struggles that are the problem with his memory at this point. I don't believe that to be true. Just start saying other stuff. Start giving yourself superpowers. Claim to have most of the superpowers of, say, a Superman and see how that goes. Because throughout the entirety of the political career, he hasn't really cared about lying and then getting caught for the lies. And I just love that that pops up every so often out there in the world of media. Uh, because very often, I think, when we talk about politics, if you're on the right or you're on the left and you listen to this show, uh, more often than not, I hear people say that the other side does these terrible, awful things that our side doesn't do. I, I hear this more from from liberals, to be honest. I hear this more from the left. But our side, we're, we're a higher standard. We behave better. We act differently than, than the other team would. We would never do the things that the Republicans would do. And it's so very often not true and just sort of ignored. I think it, it's just missed. 
I don't know if it's a blind spot thing or how it occurs, and I'm not judging people, I guess, all that much for doing it because it seems fairly common. It's sort of like your favorite sports team and not being aware of the mistakes they make sometimes. Although, actually, I don't know. If they miss a field goal, say, late in the game, you're very aware of a need for a new kicker. Uh, but I, I think sometimes it's just a, a thing that we do as a society. Uh, but Biden lies a lot is essentially something all over social media today. Uh, here is the vice president, Kamala Harris, saying that if Biden runs and he intends to run, that she, of course, will be running with him as his vice presidential, as his uh, VP candidate. I think that's very interesting because both people, I think, in the Democratic Party, the Democratic Party itself would like to see both people not run at all, not for president, not for vice president, neither one of them. If Biden doesn't run, I don't think anyone is clamoring or begging a Kamala Harris to run either. Well, as the president said, he intends to run. And um, if he does, I will be running with him. And I have no doubt about the strength of the work that we have done over these past two years. I have no doubt about the strength of the work we've done over the past two years. I have a lot of doubts over everything I've ever said publicly, every statement I've given, every confusing moment there. Uh, I will be honest. I think that Kamala Harris has lost a lot of political credibility over the time she's been in office as the vice president. I think when she was debating Biden, people thought of her as at least someone who seemed very capable on a stage uh, that's definitely not true anymore. Uh, the vice president, I think, is as disliked or maybe as unwanted by the Democratic Party as Biden is. And that's saying a lot. Uh, what I think is very interesting about that is these politicians never really accept those things themselves. So if Biden doesn't run, I imagine that Harris would be one of the most likely options, uh, the vice president, to try to run anyway, uh, no matter what people say. It's sort of like the Trump thing right now, if we compare it to Republicans. Uh, there are a lot of Republicans, so we hear, uh, there's a lot of reporting about this, that would rather not see the former president run for office. Uh, that is something that I, I think seems to make sense, at least on the surface, uh, because you have other candidates, heir apparents in the Republican Party, like Ron DeSantis, who seem primed. Uh, if, if Trump were incapable of running, say he had served two terms in office and were incapable of running right now, I don't know why I laugh when I think that, um, but if, if that had happened, uh, then I think DeSantis would easily be the Republican choice for so many voters. And I don't think Republican voters actually turn on, say, a Trump and vote against him if he's the candidate. But I think independents, I think uh, voters that might be swayed because of some of the, the rough things that have been going on in our society, if they continue, if they stop, if things get better over the next couple of years, well... I think it's a very different conversation, as, of course, I think you do, too. Uh, but I just I wonder, uh, with all this going on, if you have these moving pieces on both sides, Democrats and Republicans, and so many disliked candidates, at least initially, uh, who the real eventual candidates would be in the presidential election. But darn it, we're two years away from that. I don't need to think about that now. Thanksgiving is coming up. That's way more fun. So we'll take a break and we'll talk about not politics next. Uh, Craig Collins filling in on The Chad Benson Show. Me too. Hashtag immigration reforms. Hashtag help. I'm trapped in a hashtag factory and I can't get out. The Chad Benson Show. 
This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Thrilled to be with you. Lots of stuff to talk about just in time for the holiday, including the five rude things people do on Thanksgiving, according to the Internet. These are the five things that people will do uh, at some of these parties you'll be having this year uh, that you definitely wish they didn't do. One is bringing something that requires cooking. I think that's hilarious. That's the number one option on this list. If you say, you know, make an item, make a dish, bring it over to the house, but someone brings it in a way in which you have to throw it in the oven and prepare it more, that apparently is considered rude. Uh, And I say apparently because I don't know if I agree with that myself because I'd like to have things, and I don't cook anything, so maybe this is why I don't think it's rude, Uh, but I would like to have things that are fresh, that that are cooked and not, you know, stored and sit around for a while. So I imagine that if someone brings something over that requires some cooking space, it's because it's the kind of thing that you should cook then and there. And maybe that means you shouldn't be bringing those items. I don't know. Uh, But we can't all bring this stuff. My wife makes a crazy uh, veggie tray. We don't host Thanksgiving. We go over to other people's houses for Thanksgiving, uh, friends and family. It's something we've been doing for for years and years and years uh, that we've been together. She wants to host, but we've never coordinated with family and friends to have enough people where we are. We have to travel somewhere else. Uh, when we stay in town in in the uh, in the city that I live in, we actually just meet up with friends because neither of us have family that are that close, and that's what we're going to do again this year. And the the Friendsgiving version of the thing we do, people have started to demand Betty's veggie tray, which amazes me. She, like, cooks things on it. I don't know. She does a bunch of stuff. It's confusing to me. A veggie tray to me is you, you put vegetables on a plate and you hand it to people and they eat them. But Betty does crazier stuff with it. So people love it. Uh, but everybody can't bring an item like that. Some people need to bring things that you got to cook. Uh, I imagine, in order for them to taste as fresh as possible. Uh, Starting tense conversations is number two on this list for rude things people do on Thanksgiving. Uh, Yeah, I agree with that. That is a time, and I've said this before, actually. I'm not sure if it was on the show, because there was a story about how most families have that one relative you don't want to invite over. There's that one or maybe those two people that you'd rather not attend. And I think this is probably why. And maybe it's that they have a problem with each other and they only get together on the holidays to air out their grievances. But for some reason, someone at the event is fairly likely to touch on a a topic you don't need to hit that day. This is something you can do on your own. You can call somebody on the phone, scream at them and tell them why you don't like them. You don't need to do it around all the family right as you're digging into the pasta and the other dishes, the potatoes, whatever it might be. Uh, As you're passing those around the table, don't tell someone how you really feel. That's my own advice. You don't have to follow it. Uh, Prying into people's personal business sounds very similar. That was number three on this list. Asserting yourself in the kitchen without being asked is number four. Again, I'm not sure that I totally agree, and I don't cook stuff, so I'm probably wrong again. If you're a great cook, if someone comes over and they're an excellent cook, I feel like you got to be able to find a, a use for that. Although maybe if you have a whole collection of excellent cooks, then it becomes a whole problem. I don't know. The best cook gets the kitchen, is what I say. And then if there's a few other all-stars on the team, maybe let them coach a little bit from afar. Although, again, I'll have no involvement myself, so it's easy for me to say. Uh, Finally, assuming you can take home leftovers, that's rude. Don't assume. A lot of people will send you with leftovers, I guess. Uh, but don't don't go ahead and bring out the Tupperwares on your own. <laughs> I would love that, actually. That would be the most amusing part of the thing. Not people having tense conversations, but if someone brought along their own Tupperware. 
actually I've been in radio for, for years and I remember this colleague I had, I don't know why I'm going to tell this story very quickly, uh, who would go to every event that we were invited to as a radio station where free food was provided and she would bring Tupperware. And then at the end of the event, off on the side, you just see her walk up to the table wherever the stuff was and start putting it away. And granted, she kind of worked in a role that would have her set up and tear stuff down, but she wasn't taking food any of us made. Uh, the radio station didn't provide it. It was provided by the event we were at. So whenever you watched her take it and put it in her, her stuff, and then she'd eat it for a few days at the station for lunches. I was very impressed by it. I'm impressed by it to this day, but I think a lot of people thought it was probably embarrassing uh, more so than impressive. Uh, but I would say that if you do that at Thanksgiving, make sure uh, that you have the permission that everybody says it's okay. You're on the up and up uh, to do that. Uh, one other quick thing. And I thought this was interesting. 27% of people want Thanksgiving moved to Friday. 27% think that it's inappropriate to have it at the tail end of the week and not on the actual last day of the week uh, because it, it throws everything into a chaos. It becomes very challenging for these people. We all get the next day off anyway, so I don't know what, what really is the goal here. Is it to get us less total days off? To just have the Friday be the day off? I don't want that. I, I want to sit around and shop online or, or shop in stores for items all day Friday. That's the only way that I can celebrate the holiday. I get overly full of turkey on Thursday and then spend way too much money as a consumer on Friday. That's the appropriate task 27% of people totally disagree. Uh, there are a lot of people who will refuse to spend anything on Friday, uh, too. They call it the no-spend Friday, which I guess is somehow a, a protest against those who are going to spend money on the holiday itself or on the, uh, throughout the holiday season. All right, got to take a break. A lot more. Craig Collins filling in on The Chad Benson Show. Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Thrilled to be with you. Lots of stuff to talk about just before the holiday. Uh, let's talk about this quickly. Our, uh, the former president, President Donald Trump, said shame on them. This is his reaction to the Supreme Court clearing a path for Congress to review his tax returns. Uh, they will get those tax returns uh, directly from the IRS. So Trump would not be providing them to, uh, to politicians. It, it's very interesting the Supreme Court, of course, talked about all the time uh, just quickly for being somewhat built by the former president, uh, placing multiple members into the court itself. So this decision sort of flies in the face of those who say the Supreme Court needs to be added to. We need to pack the court. We need to do things to make sure that they're fair because they're unfair all the time. Having a decision this high profile go against the former president seems to be a significant demonstration of the court's willingness to be, well, the Supreme Court and not necessarily a political body in and of itself. Uh, Trump said a lot of other stuff. He said, why would anybody be surprised that the Supreme Court has ruled against me? They always do. 
<laughs> That's uh, interesting. Again, uh, it is unprecedented to be handing over tax returns, and it creates terrible precedent for future presidents. Has Joe Biden paid taxes on all of the money he made illegally from Hunter and beyond? Still quoting the former president here. That's not my words. Uh, the Supreme Court has lost its honor, prestige, and standing and has become nothing more than a political body with a country paying the price, uh, with our country paying the price. They refuse to even look at the election hoax of 2020. Shame on them. That is the former president talking on uh, Truth Social. Uh, what's also interesting about me just quoting that here, um, and this is a dovetail, this is a side uh, conversation, the former president doesn't really need to go on Twitter. Twitter very much wants to have Trump return to it. Oddly so. Uh, Elon Musk has put some weird stuff on social media in the last few days. Stuff he's put put up before, by the way. Uh, the most famous meme asking Trump to return to Twitter, if that's what that's doing, is one that Elon has used in the past for other jokes that he likes to use that meme for on social media. So it's not a first for him. Anyway, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you're better off for it. So don't don't go look. Uh, but I just think this is so interesting uh, that the former president is attacking the Supreme Court because so many attack the Supreme Court for being built by him, as I said, and things uh, that are certainly, you know, that lean more toward him uh, than against him, at least from the public perception. I think there are truths to the idea that fairly often the court does uh, rule against the former president on some of these things. So it'll be interesting to see what actually occurs here uh, in the way of the tax. I will say this, just one last thing, and then I'll move on uh, to something else. I, I do also agree with uh, former President Trump that it's a bad precedent, that this is something, and I think a lot of these things are, actually, and I don't think they all even involve Trump anymore. I think Democrats' investigations are triggering now Republican investigations when Republicans get into office. I think it's just an endless cycle of, of bad things that we're seeing more and more of in political positions and political situations uh, that just divides us even further. I, it's not really the job of politicians to bring us together, though. You know what? All right, fine. Let's let's go ahead. It's Thanksgiving just about where we're in time for the holiday. So I'll do a very obvious rant on, on this show. Uh, it's something I do often on another radio place that I, I work. And so I know that you already know all the things I'm going to say. I know that a lot of people agree with all the things I'm going to say. And I know that they're probably not all that profound, but I can't help but say them on the radio when I get the chance. I think it's hilarious that politicians ever, ever offer to bring us closer together, that they say to society that what they want to do is reach out to the masses and find a way for synergy, find a way to, to get us all on the same path, uh, to get us to a place where we all understand and, and respect and agree with one another. And the reason why I think that's hilarious is because it hurts them. They have absolutely no interest, politicians, of getting us to side with the other side more often because then we might vote for the other team some of the time. Politicians want us divided. And I think one of the biggest reasons we are divided in this society is we care about what so many politicians say. Not just one, just as the former president. Uh, politicians that you might not even know who they are or what their role is, but they can go viral on social media for the thing they said. And you'd be like, yes, I agree with that thing. I'm voting on just this side of the aisle now for the time being. And more often than not, that thing they're saying is crap. That thing they're saying is complete uh, bull. Uh, that's the only thing I'll say for that phrase. Uh, it's complete just malarkey. Oh, I like that word. Let's do malarkey more often. It's just the kind of thing that, that they say out loud to get you to side with them even more. Politicians matter too much 
in our society. I'm, I'm going to keep talking about politics on the show, and yet I really don't want to. I want to mention this. I have the audio. I might play the audio later. It's just a, a misspeak, so it's something that's probably not... Well, it is kind of funny. All right, fine. I think it's kind of funny. Uh, so, Herschel Walker was on television last night. Uh, he was on Fox with Sean Hannity. Uh, during the conversation, Herschel had a misspeak. Uh, he said, first of all, this election is more than Herschel Walker. This, And then he said a different word that is not election uh, that means, and I, I can say the word, I'm just not going to do it, uh, that means something about male anatomy. And he said it is about the people. And I said this is we the people, not we the government. That's what the left want to do is make it the government. I think that's uh, actually a quote of how he said that. But he said this, again, not the word election. And that trended all over social media. Uh, that was all over Twitter. People thought it was hilarious that uh, this blank is about the people. <laughs> right, it's a little bit funny. It's, there, it's a little bit funny. Uh, and obviously it turned into a bit of a political thing uh, with people trying to go after Herschel Walker uh, for all kinds of other reasons. I don't know. Uh, it's it's just the thing that happened, though. It's what's out there. It's all over uh, the mainstream, or not mainstream, but all over social media. By the way, Twitter has gotten to be way more fun. Um, Twitter is definitely a a platform right now that I think is interesting and it used to not be interesting. And it wasn't just because politically I didn't totally align with Twitter uh, in the past. It's just solely because so many things I think were censored and, and reduced and changed that it really made the platform fairly boring, kind of like everything else in our society right now where wokeism takes over. If you go to movies uh, right now, they're nowhere near as funny as they used to be. I, I don't even know if you could make like a really raunchy, um, com uh, comedy the way that you have in the past, like one of those rom-com sort of things. I don't think anybody would create that in today's society because they'd be way too afraid of getting woked out of existence for putting any of that stuff up there. Uh, but I do think it's interesting, again, just to, to talk about it, that right now Twitter is the exception to that rule because people are allowed to say and do a lot more than they used to be allowed to say and do. All right, I want to move on. Uh, I want to play a little bit of Dr. Anthony Fauci. Uh, Fauci gave his last press briefing yesterday, likely his last. There was a moment where he made all of the uh, people in the press room or a lot of the people in the press room laugh, talking about correcting the contradictions of the former president in the world of coronavirus. Uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci has not had a sterling reputation himself in some of the things that have come out. Uh, I think one of the most valuable being Dr. Deborah Burke's book, uh, where she talks about them knowing that vaccines wouldn't really prevent infection or prevent transmission of COVID. Uh, and they really didn't tell us that. They kind of sold us on the other thing to get a lot more people vaccinated. They said, you need to get vaccinated, especially around this time about a year ago, to protect your loved ones, to protect your family, to protect the people you care about. It's not just about you, it's about them. Uh, well, according to uh, the tell-all book from Dr. Deborah Burke, they definitely were overselling that and knew it. And that is absolutely something that data has now showed us is 100% untrue. You, you do have benefit from the vaccine. I'm not going completely rogue on that conversation, uh, but you don't get the protections of preventing illness or spread of illness. Uh, and a lot of people still believe that, which is crazy to me. But here, here's a little bit of Dr. Anthony Fauci uh, talking the other day um, for his last, I assume, uh, White House press briefing. And vaccinated and unboosted versus vaccinated plus boosted. That doesn't mean you shouldn't get boosted, but the real danger is in the people who have not been vaccinated. So that's where we expect if we're going to see a problem this winter, it's going to be 
It's going to be in the people who are not vaccinated is the last part of that statement. So he once again uh, pushed the idea. And here's the reason that I think that this is probably flawed now. And I will um, add to this conversation. I am in no way, shape or form a medical expert. My medical opinion is not valuable. And you should probably go to someone who has a degree, has studied medicine, someone you trust, someone local to you and have a conversation and not necessarily just turn on the radio and accept medical opinions from people like me, specifically me, I would say on this issue. Uh, But here's the thing. The more recent strands of COVID, the ones that have been less um, deadly, the ones that have been uh, less serious as far as illness goes, odds are most all of us have gotten them. Uh, The data says, the science says, the information says that you've probably been infected at least once with coronavirus, if not maybe multiple times at this point, no matter what, if you've been vaccinated or not. So I imagine, and this is something that I think has been backed up in a few different studies so far, that there is a similar level of protection to surviving COVID and getting vaccinated, especially as the true protections of both wane over time. So so the real truth right now, and it's interesting that it still sort of comes out the way it does from a Fauci, is that it's much, much harder to distinguish between the vaccinated and the unvaccinated at this point, this long after the pandemic is mostly over for most Americans, no matter what the conversations wind up being. Uh, because if you've never gotten vaccinated, you've at least gotten the illness once, if not maybe more than once. And so I do think it changes the conversation a lot. Uh, and the data, the science, all the studies are so challenged now in pinpointing and, and separating those groups, uh, not because you can't figure out who is unvaccinated, but because it's very hard to figure out who, if anyone, hasn't gotten any form of, of COVID at this point uh, this far along. All right. I will take a break in just a bit. I want to talk about some things that are certainly not political. I want to do a little bit more Thanksgiving ta- uh, chat with you. And I have an interesting story about uh, Ford's new steering wheel. I know that might not sound interesting to all, but I promise it is. That's coming up in a bit. Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show, where independent a la carte thinkers have a seat at the table and a voice in the dialogue. I'll have what she's having. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Thrilled to be with you. Lots of stuff to talk about, as always. Uh, Real quick, I thought this was pretty interesting. It's just viral audio that's out there. Somebody on a doorbell camera filmed the couple showing up for a party on the wrong day. Uh, This is how it went down. I think this was a Thanksgiving party uh, that people were early to after calling the after hearing that the couple had hired a babysitter, by the way, uh, they decided to just hang out and have drinks anyway, which I would do if you had friends that came over your house. They thought your pre Thanksgiving day friend giving or whatever it's called friends giving party uh, was on a different day than it was. And they're all excited and ready to go, especially if they're like a, a young couple with a, a maybe a young child. Because they get few days of freedom, I think. The younger you are early on in your parenting life, I think freedom is something you crave. And you get it momentarily, every so often. So this is the right decision, but I do like this audio quite a bit. Dark in there. Hi, guys. We're just going to little. Not today, right? Shut up, it's not today. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> 
my god, they're all gone. <laughs> oh my Next god. Saturday. Next Saturday. <laughs> you guys. I do like that as they're squealing and laughing. They say, You look cute. Do you want to come in? And then they mention that they bought they got a babysitter, so they they'd really like to hang out. So it makes sense. So they had a two Saturday in a row hang. Uh, with a few of their friends, an early version of the Friendsgiving uh, that so many people celebrate. I saw this other news I thought was interesting in the world of stuff uh, that might be relevant to the the holiday itself. Uh, If you have a picky eater in your family, apparently a new study demonstrates a hack to trick that person into eating more food than they think they want to eat. You put all of the things they're less likely to eat in red bowls. I don't know why this study has any sort of relevance. I don't know why it makes sense. I don't know if red and the holiday season makes people think about Christmas and then you think you like a thing, but it's real. A new study demonstrated that a picky eater was less likely to say no to a food item if it was served in a red bowl. So try it. Somebody out there who's ever got the pickiest eater and tell Chad on his Twitter or or Facebook, wherever you want to find uh, Chad Benson show, and just let them know if the red bowl hack works. I want to know. Uh, because I know a lot of very picky eaters in my life. At times, I might even be one of them. Uh, so I have to trick myself somehow into eating some things by putting it in a Red Bull uh, now that I know, now that I understand how this trick works. Uh, I mentioned this before the break uh, just a little bit ago. Ford has developed a new steering wheel. Uh, the steering wheel itself does the same thing all other steering, steering wheels did before. It steers your vehicle. Uh, but here's the thing that's new about it and the thing they're excited about It turns itself into a laptop stand, a table thing uh, to hold your computer. I assume when you're parked, it says when you're supposed to be parked. Hopefully it doesn't allow you to do it when you're not parked and people can't hack it somehow to make it do that thing because that's the worst addition to life whatsoever. I think we already have distracted driving is a very big problem in our society. You do not want your laptop wired to your computer sitting on your steering wheel while trying to get to work. That seems like a bad thing. Uh, And I know some people I work with that would try to do a little bit of work while on the road. Uh, But this is a brand new thing. It's only being offered in Europe for now. They're testing it there, uh, which I'm not so sad about. Uh, And it actually is only in two types of their vans uh, right now. So so vehicles that they assume people are working in, I guess. Uh, But you can turn it into a laptop stand uh, while you are parked. And hopefully, again, no one abuses that. Uh, I think this is interesting. Another thing I just saw out there uh, jumping through a few different topics uh, apparently on social media uh, going viral the last couple days, our oldest daughters complaining about not mattering as much as the other siblings in a family. Uh, if you're the oldest kid and you're a girl, according to, I think, TikTok specifically right now, uh, you are less likely to be a favorite. Now, I say bah humbug. I say crap to this story only because the oldest in my family Uh, The oldest of of me and my siblings is, in fact, my sister is a woman, and she is by far the favorite. It's not even close, Uh, but she did uh, things in school that the rest of us didn't do. She thought of herself as, I guess, uh, someone that needed to be, you know, on the the most successful versions of so many different things, as I think a lot of oldests get pressure to do. And so she was beloved, uh, still beloved more than the rest of us, maybe the only exception Uh, Maybe the only one like vying for favorite in my family, Uh, again, oldest daughter, usually favorite, is youngest, who is is my little brother. He's a son. Um, And it's because he's the exact opposite of her in a lot of ways, or at least he was as a kid. He's he's straightened himself up a lot now and a very successful businessman at this point. 
but he was the the antithesis to her, and they were both favorites because they were both on the sides of the the spectrum. I think of being maybe a success or not exactly at all a success in school. My uh, other sister and I, the two middle kids, we were the ones that didn't matter. Where is the middle kid meme, people? Uh, it is much more important than the oldest sister, oldest daughter meme. But apparently, uh, people who felt ignored in their family uh, by having that specific spot in the family feel seen. According to the New York Post on social media right now, uh, they're being seen, they said, for the first time. Uh, as I said, just to continue to respond to it, my, my sister got seen a lot uh, throughout the time we were all growing up as kids. And just one other quick thing. I know I mentioned this earlier. I want to say it again. Uh, there is a buy nothing day that's going to be celebrated by some tomorrow. If you hate consumerism and you want to go viral on social media for, for claiming you hate consumerism, uh, you can go ahead and buy nothing all day on the 25th and talk about how great you are for buying nothing. And I'll be actually very grateful to you because I'll be out at the stores buying things and I want to compete with less people. Quick break, a lot more. Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. I'm going to be really blunt and honest. Um, Well, I'm usually probably both of those things, as is Chad, actually, which is awesome. Uh, But I'm going to be very honest about a very difficult conversation. Uh, So uh, the Virginia shooting that happened uh, last night, or I think it was technically early uh, Wednesday morning. uh, It happened Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. Uh, is is awful. Uh, in and of itself, it's awful. That's not surprising. Everyone feels and thinks that. Uh, a person who appears to have worked at Walmart went into the store. Actually, one of the stories about it is sort of the most haunting to me. Uh, there's a Walmart employee by the name of Kevin Harper uh, who told ABC News that he arrived early to work Tuesday night. The late night shift was getting ready to start uh, working, I guess, when this happened. And he was sitting in a break room with other people, including, I, I believe, by the reporting that I saw, the, the gunman, the person who wound up um, killing several members of uh, the Walmart team, uh, and decided that something wasn't right, that he felt as though something wasn't right. This guy's name is Kevin. So he left the break room, and as he was leaving the break room, he heard three to four gunshots, ran and hid in uh, some, I guess, locker or something, some, some employee area. For a while, he said he doesn't even know how much time, uh, according to the report that he gave, because time just sort of stopped. And then eventually, when he saw an opportunity, he ran out an employee entrance and just saw people um, that had been shot uh, laying on the ground as he was fleeing. And he said he was praying for his Walmart family. He said those words. The person who was a victim of this event said, I'm just praying for my Walmart family. Now, the reason I, I say that part is because, and this is just candid, just honest, I'm not uh, a gun-owning individual myself. I don't uh, have anything against people who own guns, though. i got a bunch of Marines uh, in my family uh, who obviously not only own uh, guns legally, uh, but very much want to show me how to shoot those guns on a lot of different occasions. Uh, But I I will just say this, that I, I hate the fact 
that we stop being human beings, not you and I, politicians for the most part, so quickly in these conversations. There is this uh, common thing now where if you're a politician who wants to see change, gun control change, whatever change that might be in our society that you think will fix a problem that a lot of other people think will not fix the problem, the problem is not the weapons themselves. And I know people hate it when you say that. Uh, people get so mad. They're like, ah, the, the person having a political side that's the opposite of the Democrats is going to say it's not the gun's fault. I don't, I don't care uh, about saying it that way. That's a dumb way to say it. Uh, what I think is true, though, is the person who decides to carry out these violent acts, no matter what weapon they choose, if they get that weapon legally or illegally, they're to blame. It's very simple. They are to blame. They deserve to, to be uh, talked about. Uh, I don't like to name any of the individuals themselves in a way uh, that demonstrates that we comprehend that it's, it's severe uh, mental whatever uh, going on or just evil in someone's heart that chooses to, to take a gun to work, take a gun to a club in Colorado, wherever it might be that you take a gun and just senselessly kill other people. Uh, that is a problem in our society, a problem we need to address, but it's not a problem, I think, that needs politicians to start spouting off their opinions on what we do and how we do it and how uh, the other politicians are so bad. Uh, this is one of the many examples, I think, of where politicians desire to be involved in conversations that are important to you and I as people, and they do it in sort of a gross way. Now, again, I want to repeat something I said a second ago. A victim, someone who who ran and hid and then survived the Walmart shooting uh, just last night said in an interview with ABC News that his his prayers uh, were with his Walmart family. I will now play a state senator. Her name is Louise Lucas, who popped up, I think, on on Morning Joe or on CNN, excuse me, uh, to talk about. I think this with Don Lemon and their new morning show that's doing terrible to talk about how thoughts and prayers, how any politician who says those sort of things needs to basically shut up. And again. Human nature, the, the humanity that exists in all of us, no matter what your job is, no matter what you do, if you're a politician, it's sometimes hard to remember that those people are human too because they don't behave like humans. It's human nature to want to say that, that, oh my God, this horrible thing happened. My thoughts and my prayers are with those who are, are involved in this right now, and I, I pray that people uh, who are injured survive, et cetera, et cetera. So that, that narrative that this needs to go away is tremendously stupid, just to say it first and foremost, and to then pivot these conversations to the political conversation about gun control and the value of it. They don't make sense right after these violent things happen. They're being used. Politicians all the time, I have audio, I'm going to play it in a second. Politicians all the time see an avenue to a conversation that's what they see when they look out into the world, when they see news headlines or whatever it might be. They see an avenue to a conversation they already want to have. And it's disgusting. It's, it's gross to me because they don't care what the avenue is. Uh, our current president, Biden, at one point said something about the conflict in Ukraine with Russia and other members of the Biden administration have said this about the conflict going on. Uh, innocent people dying. The other day, Russia bombed a hospital. And like a two-year-old baby was killed. Uh, but the politicians say that it's a good thing that that conflict is occurring. And granted, they don't say that simplistically. They have a caveat. They have a, a way in which they're trying to make that make sense to us, the everyday American people who don't think any of that makes sense. And what they say is it might trigger a conversation about uh, something else. It might trigger a conversation about energy independence. That's one that's been talked about a lot. 
uh, because the conflict has demonstrated, not that it was unknown to a lot of people, how much Europe relies on energy from from um, Russia specifically. So that has been a conversation a lot, including our president, have said that this might a, be a good catalyst to get more green energy out there to create independence, which is ridiculous. It's a ridiculous pivot from a conversation of, of trying to be a human to being the exact opposite. Now, granted, I will say about the audio I'm about to play, I believe that this state senator who got propped up by CNN uh, probably um, believes wholeheartedly that her solution is a good one. A lot of people don't think that just gun control itself, look at Chicago, look at places where gun control is significant and people still uh, get shot and killed on a, a regular basis. I don't think that this alone is the answer to the problem, especially at this point in our society and the amount of guns that are already out there. You'd, you'd have to uh, take guns out of people's hands, and that would be wrong to a lot of Americans. But darn it, I just get so mad when I hear that I don't want to hear any more about your thoughts and prayers, because as humans, this is something we all want to express. Well, you were saying waking up this morning, a lot of us didn't get much sleep last night, did not rest well and will not rest well until we get a handle on this gun violence. We need gun violence prevention in Virginia. And I'll tell you, for all the people who are saying that their hearts and prayers go out to these people, I don't want to hear any more about that until they get serious about gun violence prevention. I don't get it. I, I honestly, I really don't, I truly don't get it. And some people might be saying I'm being insensitive. That's why I tried to set up this segment as I'm being as blunt as humanly possible. But to me, when I see any of these stories, uh, a shooting that happened in Colorado a little while ago, uh, the the Club Q shooting where uh, members of the LGBTQ community um, may not have necessarily, this is a weird thing to say, uh, but it's the latest reporting from AP, uh, Anderson Lee Aldrich, I hate saying the names of people who do these things, but he's 22 and he's non-binary, uh, according to some new court filing out there, uh, which may confuse as to why he chose to target that club uh, and take lives there uh, as far as the narrative that emerged in in mainstream media uh, that that was a hate crime. And it seems fairly likely that it was a hate crime, but it's I guess it's more confusing now, to say the least. Uh, but what's just confusing to me even more than that is how often we want to just pull humanity out of this conversation to immediately pivot to the political one that I think is a disservice to to all. I don't think it's making anything better. I don't think it's making any part of these consistent stories that happen in our society any better. And it creates a lot of argument for those that are are pro the Second Amendment. Uh, obviously, the founding fathers seem to be pretty pro the Second Amendment and those who are, are not um, pro the Second Amendment. And none of those individuals, I think, are even talking about the problem anymore, which is uh, mental health and and violence in our society in general. It's not it's not if we should be allowed to buy a gun. That that's not the problem, and so many people seem to want to think that that's the only issue. All right, I want to move on to this. Corinne Jean-Pierre was freaking out at a White House press briefing yesterday, uh, the other day. I thought it was very interesting. Uh, someone was trying to shout out a question about the origins of COVID. Uh, somehow, we still don't really have a definitive answer there. By the way, just as a quick like like sidestep to that, isn't it shocking that we don't have a definitive answer as to whether or not COVID was created in a, in a lab and then leaked in Wuhan or whether or not it actually was uh, something that occurred naturally. There's a bunch of, of data back and forth that says they're, they're pretty sure they know, but we're not definitively sure because China has not been willing to share some of the data. And this is something I'm not saying this as a, um, a guy on a radio station that might have political opinions 
This is something that's been said by the World Health Organization, by tons of other groups, that China is not willing to share information it should be sharing. But isn't it crazy that that pandemic and all the things it caused, and we still don't have an actual answer to this question? But Corinne Jean-Pierre was not having it when she was being yelled at uh, by someone that was trying to ask this question again and again and again. I will not call on you if you yell. And also, you're taking time off the clock because Dr. Fauci has to leave in a couple of minutes. I I'm done. I'm not going. I'm not getting into a back and forth with you. Go ahead, Jeremy. Dr. Fauci, um, but, but she's only, she's only, she's only certain great questions. It's a mess. It's a mess. It's a mess. Jeremy, Jeremy, it is not your turn. It is not your turn. You can read the press briefing, you need to call from people across the room. She has a valid question. She's asking about the origin of COVID. I hear the question. Dr. Fauci is the best person I, to I hear your question, but we're not doing this the way you want it. Why this is disrespectful. It is. I'm done. I love the fact sometimes that some uh, reporters try to prop up other reporters by yelling back at the White House presser, whoever it might be, that, come on, you got to You got to answer our questions. We can't just listen to you do it the way you want with uh, the people that you call with Biden pulling out his list and only calling on those individuals. This is managing the narrative to a degree that's pretty scary because it's a degree that exists in other countries, countries that we're not supposed to be. Um, and it's, it's just very interesting to me to see this whole thing play out and all the yelling back and forth. And I guess the new rule for the White House press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, that if you yell at her, you're not getting called on because it's like grade school. If, if you if you talk too loudly, you got to go sit and time out a quick break. A lot more. Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson show. States? Uh, no. Deep doo-doo? Yeah. The Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Uh, it's a holiday uh, just about, so why don't we do some things that are way less serious? Uh, let's talk about this. A man proposed uh, to his stepdaughter asking to be her dad, and that went viral. Very cute audio. And then a second story, a second bit of viral audio that I like even more uh, about a groom who shared an embarrassing story uh, of their their first uh, hangout for him and his brand new wife. Uh, let's do the cutesy one first. Let's do uh, a man who proposes to his new stepdaughter uh, to be her papa. Well, come here. I got a really important question, okay? I got your mama to say yes. Can you be my daughter? Can I be your daddy? Yeah. Aww. All she does is hug him, I give a nod yes. <laughs> Everybody's crying. Take care of you and everything. Uh, it's a very sweet, it's a very sweet moment, a uh, very lovely moment. Uh, and it's something that's been happening more and more, uh, that if you have a little kid in a relationship and you're, you're a new person in that relationship, uh, not only do you propose to the, to the woman, but you also ask to be uh, the, the new father or the new parent uh, for the kids. It's very cute. It's very lovely. The, the kid made no um, audible reaction, though. It was just that hugging sound. Now let's do something that's a, a little more, uh, in my opinion, hilarious uh, in the world of love and relationships. Uh, this guy is a groom in Scotland. I don't know if the accent makes it better. I feel like the accent makes it better, and maybe some of the slang does. But he was telling the speech, he was giving a speech, telling a story uh, at, I think this is at their wedding, and people are loving every part of this. Although she'll deny it to this day, she said to me, why don't you take my number and we can meet up another time? I agree. <laughs> <laughs> but 
trust if you ask me. <laughs> Wait for it. But I was so out of practice that I didn't even take her number and instead went outside to get us a couple of drinks. Went back outside to give her the drinks only to find her snogging another guy. <laughs> So by the way, snogging uh, means making out with uh, another guy. So this guy met his wife at a bar for the first time. She offers him her number, and he kind of turns her down, it sounds like, and then goes off to buy drinks for them, and he comes back, and, well, uh, she has moved on, at least for the evening. I just downed the two drinks and went back on the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> Left Katie to kiss some other guy, and uh, still to this day, I'm pretty nervous to go to the bar and leave her unattended. <laughs> The applause. Everything about that story is so, so great. Uh, his brand new wife, and he's like, to be honest, I can't, I can't leave her alone uh, at a bar having drinks because it's not going to end well for me. I love that audio. Uh, that audio is viral all over the place too today and uh, pretty, pretty awesome. All right. Uh, one other thing I saw, I thought this was interesting. Uh, so this person says she's a celebrity chef. Uh, her name is Chef Bay, uh, I guess, on social media. I don't know if that's because uh, the young lady, her name is Brooke, uh, thinks of herself as rather attractive. Uh, but anyway, she went shopping recently to some grocery store uh, to get items for the Hollywood elite. She's a chef, a private chef for the elite. Uh, at the end of the, the video that she put up on social media, uh, she showed the, the final price for all the items she purchased just for whatever this meal might be. And it was $3,515. And people couldn't get over it. Most of her um, uh, followers, most of her subscribers, most of the people who I guess would supposed to like her uh, were reacting to how ridiculous it was that the food was that expensive and she spent too much money on it, which I think is hilarious. Uh, she almost said that she thought she was getting shamed uh, for buying the things she was buying, which are not, again, for her, uh, but for other people. Uh, this, to me, is is very, very odd. Uh, but she was at a supermarket, as I said. She bought granola, orange juice, uh, tomato paste, cashews, canned beverages, and then a bunch of way more expensive stuff than that. Uh, I guess it's mostly a vegan diet that she was trying to create for this fancy event. Uh, but I don't think that's even close to the most someone would spend on, say, a high-profile Hollywood elite version of a party. I think it's actually uh, pretty inexpensive, uh, and I know that might sound crazy to her followers, uh, to buy all that and then put on what's probably like hundreds of dollars per plate as far as a meal uh, for people. So I think it's pretty hilarious. And honestly, like it's a silly version of something I talk about a lot, uh, where this generation, the youngest generation, shares everything on social media. Everything's out there, the negative stuff, the positive stuff. Uh, whatever it might be that you want to talk about, you talk about. And a lot of other people hate on it fairly often. So I don't know why people keep going back to the well. I don't know why the chef would put stuff all over the social media if she's going to be shamed. All right. I got to take a break. A lot more. Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. 
This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Thrilled to be with you. Lots of stuff to talk about. Happy early Thanksgiving uh, for all out there. Let's do this. Dr. Anthony Fauci gave his last press briefing before he steps out of uh, his position within the government. And it'll be interesting to see what Fauci does after that. Uh, But I thought this was a, a pretty odd moment. So Fauci was finishing answering a question, started to walk away from the podium And as you hear, a question is getting thrown out to him about Republican probes into his work uh, with the government, his work during the time of the covid uh, pandemic, at least uh, at the very least. And I thought it was really interesting. The back and forth eventually ends with Fauci volunteering to answer one more question as he's as you're being told, as the uh, press room is being told by the White House press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, that Fauci's got to go. He's got to get out of here. But apparently he can answer one more. And then uh, Peter Ducey feels like it's his moment to ask a question. And that does not go as well. But here's the whole exchange. I thought it was very interesting. Thank you, Dr. How are you preparing Thank you. for the likely Thank you. aggressive oversight from House Republicans, the new majority next year that they've been promising so, on So, hold on one second. Uh, Dr. Jha is going to stay to take a couple Pump more those questions, breaks. but Dr. Fauci actually has to go. So, thank you so thank much, you Dr. Fauci. Thank you. Yeah, I can answer this question. Do you want to answer it? Yeah. yeah. He yeah. says I'll yeah. answer it. I'm, okay. I'm a good yeah. I'm just trying so, to keep on the right. time. The answer is, if there are oversight hearings, I absolutely will cooperate fully and testify before the Congress have asked. You may not know, but I've testified before the Congress a few hundred times, uh, okay, over the last 40 years or so. So I have no trouble testifying. We can defend and explain and stand by everything that we've said. So I have nothing to hide. Just a quick follow-up on that, Dr. Fauci. How much do you think, Dr. Fauci, how much do you think? Just a follow-up on the oversight. I've got uh, that is uh, Peter Ducey's voice uh, popping in there at the very end, being like, "Okay, just one follow, just one follow up. If we're, if we're answering questions, Doctor, Doctor, Fout, Doctor. Oh, he's gone now. Now he's gone. Uh, he is willing to cooperate. He is willing to testify. He's willing to have whatever conversations Republicans feel are appropriate to to have uh, with the Doctor Anthony Fauci." I wonder how many other things uh, will occur, how many other investigations. I think the Hunter Biden conversation is probably the best one. Uh, and by the way, hilarious. Anyone out there that saw uh, CBS News finally confirm the laptop as authentic? I would play that audio, but I feel like it's old. I feel like you'd have have to have heard it at this point. Um, but it, it was hilarious to, to listen to the entirety of that um, news report Uh, if that's even what you want to call it. And the fact that they got forensic experts to detect whether or not a version of the laptop, a, a, a copy of the data from the laptop itself from the place that repairs laptops in Delaware um, is authentically Hunter Biden's. And they said it was all of this could have happened two years ago. Like every part of it could have been something that you choose to go through when you think it's something that's vitally important, say to our society or to electing a certain individual in the office of the president. None of these things like uniquely became available now. So it's amazing to watch the mainstream media conversation about Hunter Biden's laptop change ever so slightly so much time after it was originally broken uh, by the New York Post. I think the New York Post actually put a pretty hilarious page up 
uh, whether that was actually in the print or just up on social media, about how many days have passed since they confirmed the laptop and now CBS News chooses to confirm the laptop. Uh, there's no version of that story that doesn't have egg all over the face of mainstream media, and they seem to want to try to avoid it however they can. So they just presented the story as if it made sense for them to dive into it now, uh, as Republicans are very likely, at least in the House, now that they have a slight majority, to launch an investigation into that. Other investigations beyond that one, I'm not sure exactly what they, they will be, but obviously Fauci is among a few different things that is, I, I think, likely to have some version of of an investigation. I, I want to move on to this. I think this is interesting. I've talked a lot more about Twitter and Elon Musk in the last few weeks than I've ever in my life talked about Twitter or Elon Musk. Um, and I don't know why the uh, obsession is so significant. I find some of the things that Elon puts up on his social media play page, it's, it's all his now, uh, pretty funny especially the ones referencing how Twitter is still a thing that's that's working and active and available on the Internet, even though it's been uh, predicted to be going away multiple times. But this this is unique. Uh, Elon Musk was going back and forth with Stephen King about whether or not Mike Lindell, the MyPillow guy, uh, will have a valuable place on social media. Uh, pretty soon, the only advertiser you'll have left is the MyPillow guy, is what King said. And then I guess Elon uh, responded, is MyPillow actually a great pillow? Now I'm curious. And it just went from there. It just kept going on and on, I guess. Uh, and it's a weird, it's a weird combative relationship that I saw getting shared a lot of other places between Elon Musk and Stephen King. Uh, I don't know what's happening. Uh, in all honesty, in the world of the social media thing. So many people, uh, celebrities, whoever they might be, are saying that Twitter's gotten terrible, it's awful, it's it's the worst thing it's ever been, and walked away from it. Uh, there was one report about a racial slur uh, going up like 500-plus percent, um, and actually Elon debunked that a bit by saying that bot accounts were getting created, and it was a very small amount of accounts that were just using that word over and over again to make it look like a spike. But a lot of other people didn't just start saying those sort of things uh, because Elon had taken over. So it is a weird version of, and it still gets reported. You still see it as one of the little uh, sort of tagline things, the, oh, and this is also happening to prove how terrible Twitter is. But it, it seems mostly the same to me. I mean, there, there are some differences. I think there's more traction now for things that lean uh, more to the right than there used to be in the past. Uh, there's less censorship. And of course, uh, accounts have been activated. Even the former president's uh, account has been turned back on. I don't know if he'll use it, but it's back on. But for the most part, it seems like the same Twitter. So I don't really know why people are freaking out so much or saying that they're going to walk away only to come back a couple days later. There is also this. I'll just throw this out there and then I'll move on from this story. Uh, there's now a, a group of people uh, that wanted to all leave Twitter together uh, that had a hashtag about buy Twitter or whatever it was that are now uh, hashtagging stay Twitter. And so this group of individuals is going to fight. They, they want to fight the narrative that will emerge on the social media page if too many people on the right start having their tweets actually uh, go out and not be censored. So they want to they want to fight back and, and have a conversation. And you know what I, I say to that? Awesome. And I feel like that's what Elon Musk will say to it, too. Uh, if you don't want to retreat to your corner, if you don't want to stop having conversation and try to have conversation with people who don't agree with you, even if it's yelling, shouting social media conversation, that's at least better than the censorship ship thing that has been our problem so often. I actually you know what I'll say this uh, one last thing on this idea, and I, I'm sort of paraphrasing something that John Stewart said. 
uh, when he was on with Colbert. Uh, I think this was last week. I thought it was very interesting for a lot of reasons. They made a lot of jokes. Uh, John Stewart, of course, is Jewish. Uh, they made a lot of jokes about Dave Chappelle, about um, Kanye West, about a bunch of different things, um, and kept kind of going and going with their their straight-faced version of, of very much uh, a joke uh, things before addressing the, the topic in any amount of seriousness. Um, and I know John Stewart's a guy that's going to be liked or disliked by a whole lot of people for a whole variety of reasons that have nothing to do uh, with him being Jewish. They have everything to do with his political lean and the types of things he said in the world of politics when he had a comedy show. Uh, but I'll say this. I thought he had a pretty profound take on what needs to happen in our society. He said that conversations that have you know, obvious problems within them, uh, say it's someone who's spreading anti-Semitism like a Kanye West was, uh, you can't just tell everyone to be quiet, stop talking, and retreat to their corners because you don't fix anything. You, you solve no problems. Uh, you have to give the bad opinion oxygen. And again, I'm paraphrasing what he said in order to combat it, in order to, to talk about the problems with it or have a conversation where there's, there's inaccuracies in what people are saying. And that's not a society we're totally in right now outside of maybe Twitter. A lot of people don't like to give anything oxygen that they don't agree with. And it's not solving any problems. Uh, the people who are going to believe bad things, whatever those bad things might be, if you tell them to be quiet, they're just going to go to the Internet. They're just going to go to their social media places and get fed more of the things they want or they believe to be true because that's what social media does. That's what Google does. That's what all of these platforms do. They give you more of what you tell them you're looking for. So you come back again and again and again. So I think it's brilliant as far as a conversation goes. And one I wholeheartedly agree with, and I imagine a lot of people agree with, to say that we can't censor, we can't stop free speech, not just because it's wrong, not just because our society was founded on something that believes in free speech, but more profoundly, more accurately, if you actually want to prevent any of the radical, um, you know, bad opinions, racist, whatever they might be out there in the world, the best way to do that is, is through conversation, not without it. So I thought that was a very profound thing uh, that Jon Stewart said at the end of a very jokey uh, conversation. Uh, one other quick thing. This is not a political thing. I just want to throw it out there and then we'll take a break. Uh, most people prefer small businesses over large chains. A brand new survey of 2000 adults said that nine out of 10 people said they rely on small businesses for events in their lives, for last minute shopping, for all different kinds of things. 88% of people said someone who is employed at a small business in their community is someone that they, they care about and support in some way. I thought this was really interesting uh, at this time to see all this data about small businesses. Uh, of course, you have people like Jeff Bezos, I think, saying that the economy doesn't look that good, uh, that it looks like things are going to start to get rough for a lot of people, including the Bezos. I doubt that's true. I don't even think he said that necessarily. Uh, but maybe that uh, belief, that that desire to prop up small businesses, uh, which might be even more significant after all the challenges we've gone through over the last few years, uh, could help as the economy may very well be turning a different way. I wonder if that sentiment, that belief, that idea that small businesses matter, that, that people prefer them, uh, will help some companies uh, to deal with any of the newer challenges that we might face economically. All right, quick break, a lot more. Uh, Craig Collins filling in on The Chad Benson Show.
Running with scissors sounds great compared to this. Say This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Lots of stuff to chat about. Lots of things going on in the world. Uh, sorry for any sort of technical difficulties uh, that may have happened a little bit ago there. Uh, just uh, I thought this was interesting. Uh, quickly, a more serious topic for you. Uh, so CNN is very confused with some of the latest reporting about the Colorado Springs uh, shooting at the uh, the nightclub there. Um, because the person responsible is identifying as non-binary. There's a lot of questions, I think, that I would even have uh, to understand a lot of the scenario situation here. Uh, But it it seems to dumbfound CNN uh, because, well, uh, they have certain rules that apply for uh, things you you say and then things you don't say about certain uh, groups and individuals. And so I, I think the assumption here is that this is a lie, Uh, that the individual who's uh, claiming this is some version of defense is just making it up. Uh, But it's it's a pretty uncomfortable uh, minute or so of of conversation on television uh, for those involved. I think Allison Camerata is the one actually anchoring this thing. Attorneys for the accused shooter, Anderson Lee Aldrich, say in new court filings tonight that the suspect now identifies as non-binary. In a footnote to a motion asserting legal privileges, the public defenders say, quote, Anderson Aldrich is non-binary. They use they, them pronouns. And for the purposes of all formal filings, will be addressed as Mix Aldrich. So in other words, not Mr. or Ms. Joining me now, CNN political commentator Errol Lewis, also back with me, Al Franken and Joe Walsh. I don't know what to say about that. I mean, that's not anything that we had heard from his background. You know, people have been looking into his background. And uh, I don't know if anybody here, are you guys lawyers? I mean, you know, I don't know if the, I, I don't know what to say about that. That's it's amazing that they are stunned into silence. They don't know what to say about this. The person still chose to take people's lives, uh, still chose to show up at a nightclub and just open fire and, and kill people. So the person is still a bad person. Uh, there's still a person that you don't want to all of a sudden be confused in how you talk about them because this may or may not be a hate crime anymore, uh, depending on on certain things. And I, I have no idea. Again, I'm not a lawyer either, so I can't navigate that. But it's fairly easy to talk about an aspect of this still and to still indict the horrificness of anything like this that happens, of any shooting in our society, and not be challenged by the woke version of, wait a minute, what am I supposed to uh, say? What am I not supposed to say uh, in this situation? I, I think that's more scary than anything else. Uh, that anyone anywhere on television could be confused as to how to move forward talking about a a mass shooting uh, based on any specific bit of information about the person responsible. It's still a mass shooting. It's still horrible. And it can still be talked about in that way. Uh, I thought this was interesting, totally shifting gears to something way different, something way lighter, uh, a palate cleanser, if you will, of things that uh, that are easier to talk about, certainly for me, or at least for CNN. Uh, pumpkin is the number one Thanksgiving pie. Uh, this was rated out of, tw- told you, very different, very light. Uh, this is rated out of uh, different, I feel like this is an upset, by the way, even though pumpkin's a, a tradition of the Thanksgiving uh, meal, it's important for the Thanksgiving meal. 45% of people love it, 35, 37% of people like it, and 23% uh, of people named it their favorite pie. So it, it swept a lot of awards, got a lot of number one votes if this was a Baseball Hall of Fame thing. Uh, here's what's interesting to me, or an MVP thing. Uh, apple pie is not even really um, doing that well. It's actually came in third. Pecan came in second, upset number two. Apple pie is amazing, guys. Uh, when did the United States become a place that didn't understand the value of apple pie? 
Uh, then further down the list, you got sweet potato, chocolate, cherry, blueberry, uh, no French silk, uh, which I really like, although it's uh, obviously uh, very, very much just chocolate and pudding and deliciousness and sugar. Um, but I thought it was interesting that pumpkin pie uh, easily took the number one spot and apple was a distant number three. Because I get it. Uh, again, just quickly saying, I understand that Thanksgiving, a lot of people go to the pumpkin pie and it's great. It's great with whipped cream. It's great with Cool Whip. Uh, whatever it might be that you put it on. But we got to get back to understanding just how amazing uh, apple pie is, uh, to say the very least. All right. Other things out there in the news, other things I thought were pretty interesting uh, as far as just uh, certain conversations go. Uh, there are places where you can get gas for $1.99 um, just in time for the holidays. Uh, they're getting celebrated all over social media. Uh, the Mid-Atlantic restaurant and convenience chain will be offering unleaded 88 gas for $1.99. Uh, that sheets it's going to be dropping its price for a limited time uh, just in time for the holidays um if they can do that if any one spot can do that i'm a little curious why more places can't make uh, things way more affordable for us as far as gas prices go uh, that would be awesome uh, and actually i remember this aldi i think dropped a lot of its prices the grocery chain um to reflect the uh prices before the pandemic started it was 2018 prices something like that and they're amazing if you've gone into an aldi or if you've seen any of that during that that price dip uh, it's incredible it's some of the best stuff uh, ever as far as just walking around and remembering what prices used to be like and so i love the fact that someone somewhere some company is doing the two dollars gas uh, move uh, that's going to be from the 21st through the 28th uh, so a few more days for you to try to partake in that. Uh, a statement released uh, by the company on the 20th. Uh, it's just fun uh, when we remember how much better things were a while ago. And honestly, and just uh, quickly, and not that this is a, a big time for a take like this, I think that's one of the reasons that former President Trump is still a political player, uh, even though a lot of people, even within his own party, uh, don't seem to want him to be one. It's a fairly easy argument uh, you make to the American people about how many things were going well as far as the cost of things uh, when they were in charge as opposed to when, well, Democrats took office. All right. Uh, quick break. A lot more. Craig Collins filling in on The Chad Benson Show. This is The Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Chad is back after the holiday. Much deserved break for one of the hardest working people in all of radio. Uh, just quickly, I thought this was interesting. Uh, the advisor, a top advisor to the president, President Biden, uh, popped up and was talking about how happy uh, this administration is and this current president is with prices uh, a day before Thanksgiving and everyone spends a lot more on the holiday meal for your loved ones. Uh, people are still traveling, by the way. Uh, a lot of data seems to indicate that Americans are saying that the holiday is more important. So you're going to travel, even if it's more costly. Uh, that makes sense. But it's not really great to hear 
Uh, the people in charge say that they're they're doing a good job and they're proud of the work they've done uh, when things are at an all-time high. Uh, when, as I said, the meal itself or travel, whatever it might be, is going to be difficult for a lot of Americans because of how different things are over the last couple of years compared to what they were uh, just as, as recently as uh, uh, two years ago. Here we go. And at the end of the day, um, if you look at where we are today, uh, over the arc of the last many months, with inflation with the inflation concerns over rising, prices rising, we've been really laser focused. And I know you, you don't like me <laughs> saying it a lot, but no. we were laser focused on bringing the prices down. So I'm, yeah, you failed, I, though. I think the president's happy with the fact that the trajectory of prices coming down. I think oil prices are still right. probably a bit higher than they should be, uh, and we need to make sure now we have to turn our efforts to making sure that we not only bring prices down, but we have all the security of supply that we need for the energy system in the United States. Whether It's very interesting to hear him go on and on about how great things are going. He actually touches on that even more as far as energy goes, as far as stockpiling uh, the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Uh, this is something that Amos Hochstein, this uh, advisor to the president, uh, will say is, is valuable for the United States to do at $70 a barrel. Uh, remember, this is something gets thrown out a lot whenever this conversation pops up in political circles, uh, that former President Trump and his administration wanted to fill the Strategic Petroleum Reserve at just $24 a barrel uh, during uh, part of the pandemic where uh, oil and gas companies were not selling a lot of oil and gas. That would have been valuable to us right now. Uh, it's very odd to hear them so proud of doing a much worse price uh, per barrel at this time. We, we, we've been tapping the SPR, and I don't think there's much criticism today for what we've done. We, that was a critical part, uh, the releases from... By the way, I just want to stop it one second. When he says not much criticism today for what we've done, which part, sir? Uh, the fact that you actually released oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve because gas prices were insane? No. Technically, there's not a lot of criticism of that. There's criticism of the other stuff that led to the problem in the first place, but I digress. From the SBR, a critical part of bringing prices down when we did them. Just imagine if we had not increased supply by a million barrels. Yeah, but a day. even worse. But today we have to be we have to be really opportunistic and look at the market and where it is to see if it makes sense to do continued SPR releases. The president was, would like to replenish the SPR in full uh, of what we released, so an additional 180 to 200 million barrels. And I think when prices start reaching towards that $70 mark, uh, <laughs> that's when we're probably going to be looking at. Some uh, we'll be so happy when we get to that $70 mark and we can start replenishing our, our petroleum reserve, something that strategically uh, makes us weak if we have very little uh, left. And I know that people say we have much more than very little left. Uh, but as you deplete something like that and as some of the other things that happen within the world occur, uh, you wind up in a less and less valuable strategic position, and eventually you just have to have to uh, go ahead and refill it. And it's just so interesting to think about how Democrats did block the Trump administration when they were trying to to tip us up to the very top at $24 a barrel. Uh, other news, something I think is interesting out there. Uh, Randy Weingarten uh, was talking, the president of the American Federation of Teachers, uh, was talking about Mike Pompeo. And how Mike Pompeo recently said uh, that she is the most dangerous person in the world. Uh, Randy was very upset about this. There's audio I could play uh, back and forth. But there's a moment specifically that, that's really interesting. And it's when Randy uh, talks about how attacking her or attacking uh, the policies, the decision making of the American Federation of Teachers and its impact on kids. Uh, certainly its impact on the, the lost education uh, that happened during the pandemic 
is the same as attacking the kids themselves, uh, the same as attacking education itself uh, in a very weird way. It sounded very reminiscent of Tony, uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci uh, saying that attacking him was attacking science, and it's obviously not correct. Uh, there's more and more data all the time. You know what? Here's, it's, this is what's interesting. There's more and more information all the time coming out, which everyone should have understood was going to happen. When we were making decisions early on in the pandemic, whether that's decisions about shutting down businesses, decisions about uh, removing kids from classrooms, all of those things were based on very little information and a whole lot of opinion uh, that was going to be all over the place. And obviously a lot rejected it or objected to it and a lot decided to go with uh, some of those policies. Once we get the actual data and information years later uh, from looking into the, the impact, the negative impact of some of these things, being unwilling to talk about them is ridiculous. It's, it's insanity. It's the exact opposite, actually, I'll say it this way, of what so many in the world of politics uh, or politicians said when they were following the science and making some of the decisions they made. When you follow the science when it benefits you and then ignore any of the rest of the science later, you, in fact, are not following the science. It's crazy uh, to think that that's the version of conversation or that's the and I don't know, maybe Pompeo could have used different words than the most dangerous person in the world is Randy Weingarten. Uh, but obviously impacting the education of children impacts our country dramatically, uh, because if we regress compared to other countries around the world, especially ones uh, that we are not exactly allies of, uh, that would have a negative impact, a net negative impact on us as a world power. Uh, so I think that's part of what's being talked about there by the former Secretary of State. Uh, but it's just so interesting that it's, it's so immediately ruffled and upset uh, as far as a response goes and saying, how dare that person uh, say any of the, how dare they uh, say any of those things about me? Uh, they are so obviously utterly wrong. Uh, a couple other quick things. Now, one about kids as well. Uh, U.S. is the United States is facing a shortage of children's antibiotics and flu drugs uh, amid a triple demic is what people are talking about uh, right now. The challenges that that especially younger kids are facing uh, more with uh, the flu or RSV uh, than with with covid specifically. Uh, but there apparently is a shortage now in these things. And I would tell you that I would hope that we can figure out a way to to fix a problem, uh, figure out a way to to supply um doctors that need medicine for children uh, but i look back on all the other things that have been a problem over the last couple of years even things like or the last few uh, maybe year or so even things like baby formula and how that's still not a completely solved problem uh, there are places in this uh, world or even in this country uh, where people say it's still tremendously difficult uh, to get their hands on the amount of baby formula they need uh, which is it's just shockingly bad as far as the abilities of this administration to handle problems that come up. All right. Uh, one thing, totally not a serious thing, not a news thing, uh, but I wanted to throw it out there and then I'll take a break. I thought it was very interesting. Uh, according to a new survey of 2000 Americans, you are very likely to think of yourself as attractive, to think of yourself as hot. If you also think that you like spicy food, uh, that connection is significant. Uh, food eaters were more likely to enjoy trying new things as well. Spicy food eaters, 76%. Uh, they consider themselves attractive, as I said, 62%, and are more content with their lives in general, 55 per, or 66%, uh, than those who uh, like milder food preferences or milder heat preferences. Uh, this study, by the way, this is the kicker to it. 
Uh, it was commissioned by Frank's Red Hot, which is a hot sauce. So I don't know if you can believe any of the things they found. Because uh, literally, uh, according to the study, if you like hot, spicy food, especially, I guess, Frank's Red Hot, uh, then you're going to be happier with your life. You're going to think of yourself as more attractive, and you're going to try new things. You're going to be someone who's open-minded. Uh, this has to be manufactured somehow. It has to be a fake study. I don't know how, uh, but I love my favorite one is the one where people think that they are, in fact, attractive themselves because they like spicy food. I don't know if that's just a connection. You go, are, are you like spicy food? Yes. Are you, in fact, also spicy? Of course I am. I'm not sure how that works, uh, but I'm certainly entertained by it. And Frank's uh, seems very happy with the study. They're sharing it all kinds of places. All right. Uh, quick break. A lot more. Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. No need to socially distance while listening to your Chad Benson Show podcast. Four out of five experts say so. I'm a scientist. There is no corona. But hurry before they change their mind. You know they will. Chad's podcast found on iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, and wherever you find your favorite COVID-free podcasts. Oh my gosh. I kind of like it. I'm not going to lie. This is the Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Chad will be back after the holiday. Uh, I thought this was interesting. On social media, a TikTok user named Tori went viral because she said one of the worst things, and she's talking about it in a very different way than I think a lot of us are talking about it. But one of the worst things to happen recently is that Starbucks specifically has added a tip option to its electronic card reader, uh, meaning you can tip uh, electronically, you can tip on your credit card and not actually give them sweet, sweet cash so that they can take that home and, and not have to pay tax. I don't know what the thing is. Uh, but she said it's also funny to her because a lot of customers now get confused. They say their card's not going through because they're trying to not say no to the tip situation. <laughs> they just want to ignore it. They just want to pretend it's not a thing. Uh, that made me laugh so hard I actually coughed. Sorry about that in the microphone. Uh, but I love that move. Because the real truth, as far as this situation goes, Tori, or anyone else listening to this show, hopefully everybody, uh, is that everyone asks for a tip now. Every every card reader for every situation asks for a tip, and I, I do get the tip guilt. I think a lot of us get the tip guilt where you kind of want to tip, but there are scenarios where it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. I was tipping sometimes when my wife and I would go to, say, like just a clothing store and buy a clothing item. And I, I feel very bad about this. I was tipping the absolute minimum. I was hitting like $1. Uh, but I, I was tipping the people uh, who helped us pick out clothes for the misses. And that used to not be a tippable thing. I have since stopped that. I, I've become willing to say no. Uh, to t I think that was the moment where it jumped the shark for me. Uh, but it is true. Like everywhere you go, every scenario now, uh, any card reader of any kind, because I guess so many people use like a cell phone version of one, they ask you if you want a tip and, and you feel a little mean saying no. But why do we have to tip everybody for everything now? That's my question. Tori, the TikToker uh, who went viral on social media for complaining about customers not wanting to tip at Starbucks is not helping answer my question. I saw this story. I thought it was really interesting, um, uh, a little disturbing, but also somewhat amusing, hopefully to some. Uh, Belgium has seized so much cocaine from smugglers operating throughout some of its ports. Belgium has so much cocaine, 
they don't have enough incinerators to burn it, or at least that's their story. Uh, if someone is stealing any, I don't know. Uh, but they say they need to invest in more incinerators. They need the capacity to go up so that they can continue to burn the appropriate amount of cocaine. I mean, that's a ridiculous story. That's that's insanity. Uh, authorities uh, on the course of uh, over the course of the last, uh, I guess, uh, few months or so have uh, found a new record: eighty nine tons. Uh, seized last year. They broke that uh, in 2022, 100 tons. And a lot of it, as I said, seized in the last few months, uh, which is interesting. Uh, but that, that's got to be a unique problem to go before whatever uh, local government board it's got to be and ask for the incinerator budget to go up. And like, why? Why do you need more incinerator money? Well, we've just got a, a crap ton of cocaine and we have to make sure we burn all of this. Go- that's, it's nuts. It's, it's crazy to me. Uh, and absolutely also, uh, in case anyone's wondering, uh, a true story. That's real out there. I saw this one. I like this, too. Uh, just another crazy thing that's out there. A British fisherman uh, caught a monster-sized goldfish, uh, which he has now nicknamed Carrot, or The Carrot, I think. Uh, it might be a record uh, for the largest gold goldfish ever caught. I wonder how this, because they say that, if you remember as a kid, if you were ever given a goldfish, and sometimes they don't make it, uh, actually, uh, just very quickly, I know you might not care about uh, personal stories from me, but I'm tempted. I can't help myself. I took two goldfish to show and tell in second grade. And on the trip over, one of the two of them started floating upside down and seeming like he was taking a break. And I had to learn about what that goldfish was actually doing from my mother. And then the uh, principal, who was a nun, I went to Catholic uh, grade school, uh, trying to tell me why one of my two goldfish wasn't going to make it to show and tell. As that was a scarring moment. And I just threw it out there in response to this story. Uh, but I remember that people said, like, you can't just release your goldfish into say a, a lake or a pond or anything because uh, they'll grow they'll they'll be crazy they'll grow uh gigantically uh, this goldfish weighed 67.4 pounds uh, and he caught it on a fishing trip in france uh it looks ridiculous there's a bunch of photos out there uh it's the full size of the guy as he's holding it with two two hands it seems like it it goes beyond uh the the width of his body uh, it's just amazing and again, I guess a lesson learned in uh, releasing a goldfish. Into, I don't know if that's what happened here. I would love to have a 67-pound goldfish named Carrot. That would be the sweetest thing ever uh, to have inside your home and uh, to point to, like, the giant fish tank with one obnoxiously large goldfish. And then I imagine if I try to bring it to show and tell, it wouldn't make it. It would do the same thing that happened. The, I can't remember what I named my goldfish. I wish I could. I think it was. I, I know what it was. It was Michael Jordan and Scotty Pippen. Uh, those were my two goldfish. I think Scotty didn't make it, uh, by the way. I think Mike was okay. Actually, real quick, I have another story I was going to talk about, but I just want to throw this out for a quick second because it fascinates me, and I don't have a valuable reaction to it. I hope if you're listening, you do. I, I saw this story. I think TMZ was reporting on it uh, last week that Michael Jordan's son, Marcus Jordan, was dating Scotty Pippen's ex-wife, Larissa Pippen and then cheated on her and got caught doing it. Marcus Jordan in some sort of club somewhere in Florida with an Instagram, like social media person and every part of that story. And I'm a millennial. I'm 37. So Michael Jordan's bulls were one of the most important sporting teams of my life, sports teams of my life. Um, every part of that story was so confusing. I couldn't figure out any of the things and how they occurred. How do you go from winning six championships uh, with a teammate to having that Last Dance documentary go out, and it definitely shows they're not very good friends at all uh, anymore, and some of the reactions Scotty had to it uh, after it aired 
uh, and actually took a lot of us um, away from being bored and not having any sports uh, during the pandemic to then this story where your kid is dating your teammate's ex-wife and then gets caught cheating on her in a high-profile fashion with a social media influencer who probably did it on purpose. I, I got to be honest, if the influencer puts everything on, on Facebook or Instagram or wherever anyway, uh, they probably were somewhat interested in going viral and taking photos of literally everything. But every part of that story confused me, and I just wanted like uh, Phil Jackson, uh, the coach of the Bulls, to sit down uh, Scotty and Michael together in a room and ask them both what's going on. Like, what, what are the things happening? How are they occurring? Because that's basic guy code, man. That's basic bro code. You do not date the ex-wife of, of someone that you're friends with. And I guess, again, maybe they're not close friends, but I'm still very confused about that story. All right, quick break. A lot more. Saved by the Bell. Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in uh, a holiday coming up uh, very, very soon. And I just I can't do more serious topics. I can't do more serious stories. So I apologize for all involved. Uh, this is going to be a very lighthearted segment here. It's just going to be more fun for me. Uh, first and foremost, I want to cover something Thanksgiving related. An online poll asked people the absolute best start to dinner time. Uh, for your Thanksgiving festivities, what time would that be between 3 and 4.30? 18% of us also said that turkey is our favorite food item uh, in Thanksgiving. A lot of people not thinking that that's the favorite item. Uh, but apparently, as I said just a second ago, like a lot of individuals feel like that earlier dinnery start time is better. I'm going to fully disagree with that. I'm going to go hot take. 40,000 people voted online. The most popular answers, as I said, were all between 3 and 4.30. I like a five o'clock dinner, even on Thanksgiving. I like it. I like the idea of it. I like the idea of sitting down at dinner time uh, to a ridiculously large meal and then immediately getting to sleep. I think actually I like later and later for Thanksgiving than most do because of the nap that you immediately take after all the tryptophan turkey that you consume. And by the way, I don't know what it is this year because uh, the, the stat that I threw out as well, the 18% of people say that turkey is their favorite part of Thanksgiving. Uh, most other people reasonably say it's one of the other better food items there. Uh, but I've seen a lot of people break bad on turkey in general. A lot of people on social media say that a ham or some other food product, some other meat product is a better move uh, in Thanksgiving. And I, I wholeheartedly agree. I think we could go a bunch of different roads and forget about the turkey on Thanksgiving. I mean, uh, chocolate and chip got pardoned by the president. So let's just leave all the turkeys alone for a while. I'd be fine with that. I, I don't think it's necessary. I'm sure that a lot of farmers would not be happy with that take. So I immediately take a, a portion of it back. Uh, you can do turkey if you want to. But I'd be way happier if I sat down to a meal of something else. Uh, even though turkey is fine, it's a, it's a Thanksgiving staple. I eat it every year. Uh, the sides are all way better. And that's bad. You don't want to serve a meal where the sides are all better than the main course. I think that's a problem. And I think obviously a lot of people agree. Uh, this other story I found, rapid fire of silly stuff I see out there in the world. Uh, so at JFK, uh, just a couple days ago, a guy put his luggage, I think he checked an item, um, and they were putting it through the scanner. 
And right before it gets through the scanner, they see a little uh, head pop out, uh, a cat, not a, not a human. And the little cat is just like, hey, I'm here. And so as they're scanning it through the scanner, they see the, the x-ray of the cat in the luggage and they go get it out. They, they save it. A TSA worker, her name is Lisa, uh, was interviewed by NBC News. Uh, she said that it didn't belong to the person with the suitcase. It belonged to somebody else in the house. And the person with the suitcase was so embarrassed. Uh, they obviously thought it was an accident. I say lie. I say 100% lie. I say I detect the truth in this situation. There is no way. And I know that there are some very lazy, chill cats out there in the world, but that you take a a bag all the way from your home to the airport with a live animal in it and don't notice at all. That person was trying to steal that cat to somehow give it to someone else to get it out of the household. Uh, They said it belonged to somebody else. They didn't say who. So I don't know if this is like a couple that are living together or if this is just a roommate of some kind. Somebody hates the cat. Somebody likes the cat. Somebody hates the cat. And instead of like, you know, doing something horrible, uh, they were trying to just give the cat away. I'm, I'm guessing. I bet you that was a part of the trip. So I call lie all around in this story, although a lot of people enjoyed the fact uh, that the cat made it all the way through the x-ray machine before getting saved, before getting taken out. Uh, other news out there, and this is all off the beaten path. I'm going to continue to mention that. Uh, Emily Ratajkowski uh, is in the news, uh, the model, actress, I don't know what she does. She's very attractive as a person. I think she's an activist, so she's said and done a lot of things that I don't agree with. Uh, she's dating Pete Davidson, so people are talking about that. Apparently, two new stories about her. She text broke up with Brad Pitt to get into a relationship with Pete Davidson. You might not care about any of those things, but as a guy who's been following the dating career of Pete Davidson way too closely, that is incredible. That statement right there is is nuts. Uh, Pete Davidson has flown so high, uh, higher than I ever thought. Well, maybe he's flying high for other reasons, uh, but he's succeeded in dating, and a lot of uh, guys are very confused with just why he's been so successful. He's not the stereotypical version of a guy that like your wife says she's attracted to, and you're like, well, yeah, I get it. I can't, I can't compete with Thor or whoever it is. But Pete Davidson, a lot of us feel like we got a shot. Uh, but this guy is, is just continuing to succeed. All-time Hall of Fame dating career. I mean, if he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer, uh, when he goes in, uh, somebody definitely had, the out, had it out for him because he should get as many votes as Derek Jeter deserved and as Mariano Rivera got. I'm a Yankee fan uh, because it's just it's crazy. But um, also, apparently, Emily was hanging out with some uh, DJ person uh, amid her romance with, with Pete Davidson. I know no more details there, but it's all over page six. Uh, Emily did say uh, the actress model uh, in a recent interview uh, that she's bisexual and she wants to date a lot of men and a lot of women. She's not tying her down herself down to any one, one guy. Uh, Pete Davidson is yet to respond to that interview, uh, but that is interesting. Again, Hall of Fame, first ballot career. He could retire now. And I don't even know how old he is. I think he's in his 20s. And he would walk off as one of the greatest ever to play uh, the world of dating. I saw this story and I I got very confused by it, um, which is, I guess, a a narrative or a a common theme today. Um, I don't think we have this here in the United States. I don't know where in the world this is made. Uh, But McDonald's is creating a Mighty McMuffin, uh, which has landed on menus places. Again, I'm not sure exactly where. And so the Mighty McMuffin is just a ridiculous version of a regular McMuffin, uh, which makes me very, very happy. It's, it's absolutely stacked, is what people are saying, just in time for the holiday season. All of uh, the, the food item is served on the English muffin uh, with a, a side of ketchup or brown sauce. So maybe this is the UK. 
But in between uh, those toasted egg muffin uh, uh, pieces of bread, you have uh, pork sausage, uh, you have a free-range egg, you have slices of bacon, you have cheese, uh, you have turkey as one of the items uh, that you can add on to this thing. Uh, this is insane. Uh, there's a big, tasty uh, festival pie, uh, two available at some McDonald's locations throughout uh, our country, but this is an ultra-stacked, super-crazy version of a regular McMuffin called the Mighty McMuffin, and I, I desperately want one, even though I'm laughing about how crazy it sounds. I would want that more than turkey. Maybe That sounds sacrilegious. I can't say that. I'd be a close call between turkey and a Mighty McMuffin for my Thanksgiving meal tomorrow. Uh, other things, again, uh, shifting gears a lot. I'm in some sort of weird uh, super speed mode here on the show. Uh, Eminem apparently is having a rap battle with Spider-Man in a limited edition comic book. These are sentences I don't even know how to say uh, a different way. Slim Shady uh, won't appear in the comic series, uh, but he will pop up, I guess, for uh, some sort of rap battle uh, with, I don't know who wins. I don't know who comes out on top. Uh, like Spider-Man crawling upside a wall. Uh, they are honored to be the official variant of the Amazing Spider-Man comic. Uh, this is something they put up on social media. Uh, Eminem did. Uh, honored to be an official variant in an Amazing Spider-Man comic dropping tomorrow, which I think has now uh, since dropped because he put that out a few days ago. I'm very proud of the fact that he was in a one-on-one -on -one rap battle uh, in a comic book. I, I would like to see that in a Marvel movie. I think the only approach now is to fully bring that into the Marvel movie and see how that goes there. Uh, Tom Holland, the actor who plays Spider-Man, I don't think he can rap as well as Eminem. So I'd like to, uh, you got to get destroyed too, I think. If Eminem does rap off, I, I think you got to be as mean as possible. All right, two other things I saw, and then I'll take a break. Uh, and you might be overloaded at this point, but hey, Thanksgiving show means you get uh, a stuffed segment. That's what this is. It's an overstuffed segment. I saw this story and it made me uh, very uh, sad uh, about myself, not about the people involved here. Uh, but a deaf puppy was able to learn sign language in two months and has gone viral. The, the puppy is only seven months old. And in two months, the owner has been able to teach the puppy more than enough things to communicate uh, and I can't learn Spanish, and I've been married to my Mexican wife for over 10 years uh, now. Actually, it's 10 years officially today. Uh, it is my 10-year anniversary. So I feel uh, very depressed uh, reading this story about a puppy that learned a language, sign language, in a couple months. I know it's probably not equivalent, uh, but I know I can't let my wife see this story till after the holidays. I know if she sees it and she talks about it, uh, then I'm definitely in a lot of trouble. There's going to be arguments. I know some Spanish words. I have... I have enough words to get me through like a meal at a restaurant, uh, but through a conversation with her father, no, it's not always going to go so great uh, with the in-laws. Uh, one other quick one. I said overstuffed segment. I'm going to do one more. Uh, McDonald's worker uh, quit mid-shift and went viral on social media. Uh, this young man uh, apparently was being uh, hailed as a, a hero uh, to a lot of those who were on social media that saw this uh, get posted. Here's the reason why he quit mid-shift. He was asked to clean stuff. He thought he was just going to be a guy that worked like the, the fryer, uh, made food items and didn't clean anything. And so when he was asked to do some dishes in the back, he thought that was inappropriate. And he said he was done and just walked off the job. Uh, obviously, now that he's made that a viral post in social media, a lot of employers will probably think twice about hiring this kid because he didn't give two weeks notice and he was unwilling to do work. That was probably part of the basic job description. But darn it, if TikTok says you did a good job, if TikTok salutes you and thinks you're doing uh, great work, uh, that's all that matters. 
uh, not whether or not you have any sort of career after you go viral on social media. A quick break, overstuffed segment done. Greg Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. Helen Keller is a Nazi terrorist that is a male. Is that what you're telling me right now? Yeah. Are you thinking of Hitler? Who's Hitler? Vaccines work, but only the Chad Benson Show is 100% effective against stupidity. Do you know what D-Day is? D-Day. A person? A rapper? God, Karen, you are so stupid. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and wherever you find your favorite woke-free podcasts. This is the Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. Uh, happy holidays. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Chad is back after Thanksgiving, a much-deserved vacation for one of the hardest-working people in our industry by far. Uh, I thought this was cool. A Big Brother Australia contestant uh, went viral for saying that she hates all the requirements that are being thrown on her now as far as uh, woke diet restrictions for um, Thanksgiving. Uh, The 57-year-old told Stellar Magazine, uh, my favorite magazine, (laughs) I've never read a copy, uh, that the gluten-free, lactose-free, nitrate-free requests, et cetera, et cetera, are driving her crazy. She doesn't know how to make food for all the different people in her family if they all have dietary restrictions. I say bring your own, I think, and I've never hosted Thanksgiving, uh, but my quick solution to the person who has like 7,000 restrictions and can't like even eat turkey or whatever Uh, normally. I think they should bring some of their own food. Uh, They don't have to cook it themselves. Maybe they bring it and we prepare it for you there. Uh, But it would be way too hard uh, to deal with all this. And a lot of people uh, that have these diet restrictions are not doing it because, well, they'd be injured by not following that diet. It's for other reasons. But I love that she went viral and I love that she was complaining about it. And a whole lot of people were supporting her uh, just in time for the holidays. Uh, This story I thought was pretty interesting. A young woman said that she had a lottery ticket um, for her uncle. Her uncle had left a lottery ticket in her house. Uh, The woman went to one of my favorite places on the Internet. Uh, It's a place on Reddit. It's called M.I. The Jerk is the word I say on the radio. Uh, It's a different word. It starts with an A uh, if you actually want to go look for it. Uh, But she said that her uncle is is estranged. Uh, randomly reached out to ask if uh, she could check uh, some tickets that he had purchased while he was in the area, uh, which is very odd, again, that the tickets would somehow be uh, in her possession. Uh, checked on the tickets and found out that one of them won not not like a massive win, not the jackpot version of a win, but $9,000. And so the young person went to social media and said, well, I don't have a great relationship with this uncle, and I know that there's nine grand now sitting out there. Can I just collect it my t- myself and tell him he didn't win? Can I go that road? And everybody said no, that you, in fact, would be the jerk. You, in fact, would be the, the A-word uh, if you went that road and did that. Uh, I think that it'd probably be like finding somebody's wallet or something, right? Uh, like, you, you shouldn't take any money out of it, and that's, that's not something I advocate for. Uh, but if you give them the wallet back, uh, you might want to know how much was in there because you might hope for a tip. You might just want to know uh, what kind of money you're working with here because uh, if you hand somebody a wallet back that had $17 in it, you're probably not getting a very big tip. But if they had thousands of dollars in it and you're hoping for a little something-something, uh, maybe it'll work out for you. Uh, although I know that you probably can't pressure somebody into doing that, and who knows, maybe their life savings is in the wallet, and that's why you don't get a tip. And I was actually earlier in the show talking about how terrible uh, tip culture is now. But if I find somebody something and it's worth some money, 
I wouldn't hate if my palm gets greased just a little bit. I, I'm an Italian. I'm from the East Coast. I guess that's where that's coming from right now. But, you know, I gave it to you. I didn't take anything out of it. Could you give me a little bit back? Yeah, it could be cool. Could be nice. Uh, but she should not steal that money from her uncle, no matter how bad their relationship has, has gotten, I guess. Or I, I still am confused. I don't know how you have lottery tickets from someone that you say that you don't talk to very often at all. Uh, I saw this story and thought it was interesting. Uh, a nun won the Italian version of The Voice. The American version of The Voice is going on right now. And my wife tells me every week that the people who are getting kicked out of the American version are totally the people that should have won the show. I don't watch The Voice closely enough to totally understand. If you do, I hope you agree with Betty. Uh, two weeks in a row now, uh, very good contestants, according to her, have been kicked off. Uh, but this woman, nun, uh, won the show uh, several years ago. Her name is uh, Christina uh, Sucucci. Uh, she's 34 years old now. She's walking away uh, from her, her career uh, as a nun uh, to go ahead and chase her brand new career as a singer. I love that it took her that long. Like, it's almost adorable, right? Uh, you win the show dressed as a nun in your habit and whatnot uh, in 2014, and then you still spend uh, some time uh, connected to uh, God uh, serving the Lord before you decide, you know what? I kind of won that singing show, and I'd like to see how I do as a singer. I think she should have stayed a nun, by the way. I think she would have done really well in the world of, like, pop music if she just continued to also be a nun at the same time. I think a lot of young people who don't have any faith anymore, uh, faith is dwindling in younger generations, I'm a Catholic, uh, would have some sort of unique interest in someone uh, doing both of those things at the same time. Uh, but I just love the fact that this story is out there and that she shocked her fans, uh, according to the New York Post, when she decided that it's finally time to walk away from the religious lifestyle and move to Spain and try to try her hand at uh, entertainment. By the way, the other thing I, I do kind of like in this story, she mentions that she's going to become a waitress uh, while she tries to make it in her singing career after winning a talent show in Italy. Uh, apparently, you still got to go through the road of being a, a waitress and doing all that stuff first. Uh, this story I thought was interesting uh, as well. Uh, Gen Z is not interested in monogamous relationships, not to the extent that past uh, generations were, or at least past generations said they were, uh, so much so that apparently the youngest generation to have influence in our society is asking dating apps like uh, Hinge to create a brand new feature that allows for you to say that you want to have a much more open relationship, that you'd like to search uh, for other people who are in non-monogamous relationships. I know that the nun that I was just talking about would be very upset uh, about this story, <laughs> but a staggering 86% of people uh, claim to want monogamous relationships in our society. Uh, but Gen Z is definitely the exception to the rule, apparently more so than ever. Uh, the relationship style takes on many forms, according to uh, this article about it, uh, which uh, there are many misconceptions about. Uh, you might, you know, just uh, date a couple people at the same time and everybody knows about everything uh, and that's all totally fine. I'm very confused about the totality of this story. It is uh, semi-adult. It's not as adult as the story I was going to end the show on, uh, but I know I'm running out of time and I know producer Phil will be thrilled if I don't hit the last story of the day. All I'll tell you is there's a story out there about a couple, a man and a woman, and um, the guy has a, has a weird problem that involves insomnia and, well, romance. Uh, two things happen at the same time, and they're very confusing to me. I did the story, but I didn't. There we go. Phil's happy. Craig Collins filling in on the, on the Chad Benson Show.
The Chad Benson Show.